uh, I think today, and the reason I wanted to take some time and uh, invite a couple of the judges up here was really about giving an opportunity so that when people think about what they could possibly build of like what really does it mean to make a product and what does it actually mean to uh, develop in Web3? Because, and we have two really great judges who are able to kind of help guide this conversation a little bit. Uh, Tiffany, who is, I want to get this right, a product manager at uh, Pagoda. Yep. Yep. Okay. I got the title right. Okay. And then we have Jacob, who's a designer. And so I think it'd be great to kind of hear these different perspectives of what's going on with this. Uh, So I kind of wanted to start a little bit of this is a question. And while Jacob's still uh, waiting to join, can you talk a little bit about kind of uh, when you're working right now in the work that you do over at Pagoda, what are some of the things that you consider when actually putting together a product? Yeah. um, So I can start with the quick sort of like intro overview of the products I've worked on on near. So I've been with the near ecosystem for the last two and a half years now. I've been working primarily on data related products and uh, you know, most recently with the boss uh, blockchain operating system strategy and with the, you know, alpha.near.org social experience of the, you know, composable front end open web building experience. I'm currently focusing on building a search and recommendation experience for surfacing, you know, discoverability and searchability of information across near ecosystem and includes not only, you know, our original explorer, uh, you know, providing the data, on near blockchain, as well as a lot of, you know, like everything on social that includes, you know, users, profiles, um, accounts, uh, components, applications, things within applications, communities, events, and everything you might be able to find. Um, and that is what I'm currently working on. What I have been working on was uh, focusing on data products, and that includes indexers, uh, the data APIs, RPCs that our developers might be more familiar with on, you know, tools there, you know, how to think through how to index data, um, how to best surface that to support the, the need of our developer. So answering your question uh, about, you know, what are we thinking about when we're building products at Pagoda? Um, and really, you know, first thing is our, our users, right? That's like the core for products, at least um, from my perspective, for what we have been building, we're really, you know, really thinking through what our who audience we're building for and, uh, you know, for the developers that we've been really heavily focusing on um, prior when I was working mostly on data platform was, you know, like for our developer, like what is, what what is the case where they would need data, right? And uh, when is what in their developer journey largely would they start to think about this question um, when they need it? What would they need it for in their whole like tech stack? Really trying to understand from a purely like a developer view and perspective, like what what would be a natural flow of like okay, I need I realize I need to start using an indexer. What would be using it for? What are the data I need to surface? What are the complications that come into it? And then really start you know talking to talking developers, really understanding what has been problems, right? Like there you know, it could be even starting from like having clear documentation all the way to you know like the language we're using is the is the code is the repo easily discoverable? Is those like you know, are we providing enough guide throughout the whole building experience and the package they're using um are are we you know are we requiring them to to build too much stuff which was we were we were discovering that a lot of the things 
um, initially when you're trying to build an indexer or you're trying to surface data from a Bosch and you essentially need to all the way going to like, you know, writing your indexer logic, spin up your own indexer backend, you know, like streamlining all those data, create APIs and use those APIs in your front end. This is really a complicated process. And we do see like developers feedback on like, I just finished my smart contract, I finished my front end. I realized I need to build a full batch um, indexer backend like that. And that's just has been a really big blocker. And we really took that seriously. And we started to think about what are the APIs we can just essentially offer and jumpstart on that. And so that's how we started to, you know, like build uh, the like the token APIs that we've released, as well as our core API that we're currently, you know, working on. So that has been our logic over there. Um, not sure if that's helpful, but yeah. No, I, I think that's that's really helpful because <clears throat> I think what gets lost sometimes is that it's really easy to think about all the different great tooling and everything else that comes around with Near. But there's a lot of actual decisions that have to be made about, you know, how accessible do you want to make something? At what point do you actually, like you said, you know, do we actually surface certain data? Um, Documentation is a product, right? Like that's a that's an actual thing that has to be put out there. So when we think of, you know, we wanted to highlight some of this stuff because when it comes to this hackathon and why we did this where it's not just a coding hackathon it is also one where you know you can actually do a non-coded version we want people to really be able to think about opportunities to leverage some of this tooling but to build something that doesn't have to be just another you know uh link sharing tool it can be something much more than that and maybe something where you're providing really excellent documentation could be a really solid product that is then usable uh, from here. So I think that, that those are really great experiences. Yeah, Jared? completely. Okay. Sorry, go ahead. Oh, no, I was just going to jump in and say, Joe, exactly. Like, because uh, uh, Joe actually, for this competition, sort of an example project, he didn't really, uh, you know, it, we're not, he he made a ready DGen one, like over a weekend. He was like, I got an idea. And the reason he made that project that we uh, worked with Indexer, for and a couple other people around the space was because there's a specific key palm. What is it, Joe? Like you can be more specific, but you made it to show off that the key palm token yeah. drop. Like but th th that's mm -hmm. for this project is a fun project that we made. But for our future project, Shard Dog, it's going to have a whole other uh, use case for it. But you're testing out here, right? Exactly. Yeah, and and that's where you know when we when people need product ideas or what what should you build during a hackathon. Uh, we don't want people to just get caught up in like, I have to only leverage account abstraction or key palm. Where, so the example that we gave, and again, we're not, we're not obviously submitting a project to our own hackathon, um, but Ready DGen 1, you know, it's mixing a few different technologies here on Near. It's leveraging Indexer, like we said. Um, but for key palm, we're leveraging the uh, fungible token drop. And we put our own little spin on it. So, Keybomb has a great way to to actually do an uh, a link drop with fungible tokens. We're using Nico for this, and we put our own spin on it where it has a randomizer and based off of your activity on the website, that will then determine your possibility of getting anywhere between, you know, like a hundred to fifteen thousand Nico uh, per per reward. And so those are the different things that we you start to take little components of things. And put them together to make a larger product, and so that's what we're hoping to to see uh, out of everyone. 
So, Tiffany, I kind of want to continue a little bit here of when you think of, you know, account abstraction, you came to, you know, working on Near and something like Keypalm. What are some things that come to mind for yourself around, you know, what kind of projects you'd like to maybe see here? Yeah, I think so. Um, so for me, like personally, I've not been, you know, focusing that much on account abstractions, but just like thinking through uh, what has been uh, sort of like a blocker was first of all, like, you know, this, this whole, where, where, like, what am I doing, right? Like really having that clear understanding of like, what am I doing? What is the, what is the, what are those steps of like the gradual onboarding was something that we mentioned a couple of times um, before in, in, our, in our conversation, like thinking through wallets, um, Jacob might be able to jump in here. He, he has been working on wallet onboarding uh, a lot more. Um, so yeah, just what will happen, like experience in my perspective has been mostly around like, there needs to be a gradual process of onboarding instead of like, you know, overloading people with uh, a lot of information, you know, things they need to do. And I think Keypalm is really doing a great job here setting that foundation, you know, there's a gradual process, there's a trail account, that's been amazing and awesome. And there are just a lot of um, you know, smaller pieces about how we piecing all the amazing things you just mentioned about, you know, like there's DeFi component, like all these other things that you could do expending Keypalm and like really thinking through how are we guiding users gradually to discover all these things, right? And then I think merging that in that experience, you know, even for some like non-technical products, it could be really helpful, right? Like how how would I thinking through like from a purely end user, non-technical user perspective, I started with Keypalm and I started to discover all these amazing things I could use and how would I know, right? There are some guides that could be done. There's some small videos or there might be just like some, you know, step-by-step, you know, like step-by-step trials or you know things like that that just you know it just come into mind that i think personally if it were me that would be just extremely helpful not only you know to the key palm um hackathon ideas even to like the larger new ecosystem and like the boss that we're building right now right like i think anyone lending on alpha right now feels like there are a lot of things and we're also thinking through that um of you know, how are we gradually guiding people to explore there are a lot of stuff um, and one by one, step by step, and retain that, and really, like, truly activate our users. No, that, that that's. I mean, that's great to hear, and I love the fact of just you. You know, you're also a user, right? Of obviously, you know, crypto and web three, and so you understand those pain points that people kind of go through, and so to, you know bring a different perspective of that of again not necessarily super technical all the time but also being able to say you know this is actually what's realistic for user cases and things like that i think that's that's really exciting um like maybe jacob might be having some technical issues or he's stuck on something else but we can kind of keep going a little bit um jared do you want to jump in do you have something you wanted to kind of keep going no, I mean, I, this is like, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm taking a bunch of notes on my edits right now, so when I get this, I can edit it, so I'm just like diving in. Um, I, I can jump in in a second, but uh, no, I don't think right now. I, I'm, I'm totally happy to watch you guide this, because you've really been like deep into the whole Flexitech hackathon, and I think like, what I'm really excited to see is just like what people start bringing in, and also, if we can get people to do non-coded like projects as well. Because I think what I'm starting to find out in this space, there's so much awesome building blocks from devs to create projects. And there's a ton of devs. And it seems like a lot of focus has been on getting the best devs to make the best tech in here, which is great and is essential. 
But now it's like, how do I take all those building blocks and create a project? Like, I'm lucky I get to talk with you. So we're making Shard Dog, which is like basically putting together all these building blocks into a really slick product, right? Mm -hmm. Like Web3 marketing. But not everybody has a Joe that they can call at 2 a.m. when they have an idea like, oh, here's what I'm thinking. Can you incorporate in your social, right? Or whatever. Right. So trying to get like that aspect going, I think is important. And I, I don't know how to kickstart that, but I'm trying. <laughs> so that's no. sort of like my spot. Like, I guess the yep. question I would ask is uh, from the, the, uh, the people we have, the judges, is there somebody who's putting these dots together for people? Because there's just so many cool things. Or is that kind of on the devs and projects plate? You know what I mean? Sorry, by, by the things that you're, think, uh, you're referring to the hackathon ideas or things? No, no, no. I mean more just in general. Like I'm thinking like there's so much cool tech that Nier has made that it's like how does someone who wants to now build a project make sense of it? Right. Because I have Joe who's super te technical. But for a non-technical person, which is another part of the Flexitechathon, how is there resources for somebody to go sort of understand that kind of stuff or leverage that? Yeah, so that's a that's a great you know user feedback for me <laughs> that I can also bring back to the team. Um, we have definitely been uh, trying to build like you know user book, guidebook, tutorials. Uh, but, you know, mostly it has been focusing more on the developer uh, developer audience. But that's a that's a definitely a great point, and we are thinking through this discovery page that um, on Alpha right now that uh, how are we going to structure that and and putting that into a guided experience of you know, gradually the, directing people to see like where are the things that are available, how can they utilize all kinds of resources, who are the cool people they can follow, right? Uh, where are the cool components they will be able to use and fork. Um, so definitely we're working on that. So we'll love any of the you know feedback, ideas, suggestions here too. Awesome. And then once you have that, like you said, there's like thing, I'll gladly like go through that bullet point and try to like talked about it on like Twitter and other places. Cause I think like for the entrepreneurs, like it's time to start like putting projects together that bring in users. And I think we're starting to get, it might still take a few more years, but that, that Delta is getting smaller, which is really cool to see. Yeah, definitely. And I was just um, sort of paying attention to the, the Paris Boston week, I think, or Web Summit, and I, I think, you know, like even a couple of brands that were very explicitly saying like the Web 2.5 is what they really wanted to like go after. And I think we, we are in a process of getting more of a, you know, non-technical, non-pure Web 3 end users. And it, it like then as a result, like making that user experience really intuitive and natural um, would be, you know, a really important part. And, um, and I think one thing I would love to add is also like thinking about the impact, right? Like I think a lot of this stuff, and from a tech, like as developers or, you know, as really smart tech people, we tend to do have that tendency of like focusing on the hard questions and like, you know, the, the cool tech and trying to solve those. There are a lot of like low hanging fruits that actually have a lot of big impact in terms of, you know, your success and you know, achieve some like smaller goals and really get that activation going and really that retention going that, you know, it's just, it's, you know, we don't like, I would really recommend we don't overlook those and really like spend, there could be just like really small hanging fruit of adding some small like suggestions or, you know, like adding some small uh, reminders and those really make a long, long way. Um, and yeah, it would be really helpful for like getting end users going. Exactly. And um, I'm going to start a space coming up here soon called Shard Dog all focusing on brainstorming where it's just the whole point is just to brainstorm with anyone who's at the space talk about the space and i'm going to want to get access to as much resources as i can to point people in the right way because i think like 
that's the best way I find out. Like we get like, you know, we've got a bunch of side chats with people and that's where I find out we get all of our ideas. Cause it's like, Oh, Evie said this. Oh, someone said this. Oh, someone said this. And then it's like, it all starts to sort of connect. But, it, but I want to do point out that I'm very glad that all the hard questions are being discussed. Cause that's sort of the beginning of a chain. Like, you know, like I think sometimes people frame like web two 2023 being like equal to crypto and it's like, or, or web three or like near. And it's like, no, near is like early mid nineties. I mean, in different ways, more futuristic, but like, you know, there's, there's not the square space yet. There will be, it's just not there quite yet. All right, Joe, that's my two cents. Your turn to jump in. No, that's great. You know, I think the, the early nineties references are are continuing to date us, but (laughs) sure. I think that's why I use them so much. I'm like, you know, say by the bell and you're like, I have no idea what you're talking about. Uh, no, I think that this is really great. Um, one thing I wanted to ask Tiffany is, so as a as someone who's working in product day in and day out, you know, I think people, like you said, developers are always trying to solve these really complex things. Where in your mind do you draw the line of like, what is actually considered a product versus just another feature or even something like I'm just trying to experiment something? What, what draws that line for you? That's a, that's a great question. Um, you know, there, there, I think it really, I, I would think of all the experiences as, as like a small piece of product by itself, but largely it will fit into, I would say like in my mind, I would say like a, a product would be having a funnel of, you know, this whole, you know, the, like the funnel that we all hear about, right. Is the whole like awareness activation, um, re, you know, like engagement, retention, and referral, and really thinking through all the experience, piecing them together as like that's in my mind when I think about a product, I would you know really go through each of that part and think about what are the experience there, and then from the experience, I would think about you know what are the things to build that experience to make it you know really smooth and re- make the funnel really smooth, and those are sort of like the features that go into each of the experience, I would say, and then. Um, and then, and then like really going to, into details about, you know, like then, you know, overall, like what is, and always like trying to prioritize based on impact, right? Like you did mention a big experiment. So what we usually do is uh, we will, whatever we have an idea about a product or, or something new that we're trying to solve for, we'll continue to ask why. And this is something, you know, Alex or Alex Kiyoki, our, our current chief product officer has been also like pushing us to do a couple of times is always ask, why do people need it? Why do user need it? And if your first answer, usually you need to ask yourself like probably four or five times, like one, one by one, drilling down deep into something, even to a point, you know, like very philosophical, a little bit psychological. Um, and then, you know, from that, you'll be able to see, okay, like then this is the core problem solving for. And then coming back to, okay, then what is the, for experiments, right? Like then what is the simplest experiment I can do trying to test this idea? And then if that idea is basically proofed, right? It's like how this was tested. And then you go back and think through, okay, then these are my journeys. Um, and these, what are the key points of like each part of my journey am I reaching at? And then trying to prioritize based on, you know, what impact would it be? Like, is my is my focus more right now on like getting more awareness? Is my focus more on right now, like, you know, making sure that the, you know, the, the engagement is right. Um, and then you prioritize based on those. So that is that is sort of how I think about it. And I see Jacob is finally um, getting, <laughs> getting his mic fixed. I would love to hear his perspective. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that, no, that, that's awesome. Thanks, Jacob, for uh, being able to to jump on here. 
Uh, Dave, you guys just quickly kind of introduce yourself and kind of what you're working on um, at Pagoda. Yeah, sure. Hey, um, sorry, everybody. I was trying to hammer my desktop version of Twitter into submission for this space, but really just stick to mobile for spaces. <laughs> Seems that way. Um, yeah, so I've been at uh, Near Pagoda for a little over a year. Um, I was hired to actually work on the Near Wallet, and we kind of changed the direction we were going with that from a protocol um, perspective. So I've been working on just a bunch of um, basically random like connections uh, for developers and like our strategy for building basically like this platform uh, Pagoda to enable people to build and uh, to move quickly. And then the last um, few months, I've really been focused on uh, what I'm uh, what I'm really excited about and what I'm really excited to be involved with. Uh, Hackathon um, is because I've, I've been working on onboarding and um, specifically uh, this product we're calling FastAuth, which is how you basically can create an account without having to bother a uh, end user with their seed phrase or anything right up front. You can just kind of get them going into um, a Web3 experience with kind of a Web2 onboarding. Um, so yeah, I, I do product design primarily um, and just help work with the product team and development team to, yeah, uh, right now build onboarding experiences. No, that, that that's awesome. That's why we were excited to have you uh, as as a judge because you know with Keypom especially and the idea of account abstraction on your uh, onboarding is a really obviously important piece for all of Web three and crypto. And so we have a nice opportunity here to have people build some hopefully really cool stuff that can help with that. So in thinking about kind of some of the work that you're doing, Jacob, what are things about, you know, key palm and account abstraction that people can start to think about that becomes more of a product versus just a cool thing that you can do on near? Great questions. Um, yeah. So I've actually been thinking about this a lot. I've, I've really been uh, interested in key palm and what Ben and Matt are building since they presented it at NearCon last year, um, almost so much that I turned almost turned down the judging spot so I could participate in the no code side of things, um, which also super appreciate you guys having that as a um, a lower technical skilled designer. Um, but yeah, I guess when it comes to Keypom and trying to really utilize that account abstraction and what they're building. Um, the, the way that I'm trying to think about it is to, to not, and I think you guys do a really good job of shedding light on this, um, to not get too bogged down in like the technical framework or like, uh, even what Ben and Matt presented so, so far, it's like, I click a link and I, okay, now I need to claim a link drop or I need to create an account and write this thing down, um, I would say like try and think of it one step abstracted from that um, even even more. So like instead of thinking like, okay, I'm, I'm creating an account here, like think of it more like, okay, I have an identity and I, I didn't need to really create a password or anything. Um, and then like the side that I'm working on is is like what might happen next. So you get into an app you do some stuff, maybe your account starts to accrue some value. 
And then eventually we want to say like, Hey, like now you, you've used this kind of like trial experience. We want to, we want you to be able to access this later or maybe access this account from a different device. So we need to get you um, a recovery method or another way to authenticate yourself. So, so we can, we can find you again later. Um, so yeah, uh, sorry to go off on a tangent, I guess, like to basically summarize, um, what I think is so powerful about what Keypalm is doing is they are taking out all of the Web3 lingo. I know that, you know, that's how they're marketing it, but it's really true that they don't, they don't say anything about seed phrases. It's all very familiar Web2-ish stuff, but built on top of this like Web3 benefit of account abstraction and uh, kind of like a sovereign identity across uh, web experiences. Um, so, so just trying to lean into that, like, what can we do to, um, like it, make it feel like a web to frictionless familiar experience without sacrificing some of the true benefits of the tech, uh, the account abstraction, I can change my security from a backend, um, kind of service. I can, have different names associated to the same private key. I can have human readable accounts. Uh, like, how do we take those things further? Uh, one, just one quick note on like one thing I thought about with with human readable names. With Keypalm, you could maybe maybe we're like a small business and we have like ten employees, and we want all of our employees to have like a dot ready layer one dot near address. Well, you could like enforce that with a with a smart contract and with Keypalm, you could say, you know, click this link, add your first name, and then you're going to get like a count abstracted with this, you know, extra little address at the end. And we're going to pay for that because you're our employee and now you have access to these things because we already preloaded that with these keys. Um, you know, stuff like that. Like, how do we how do we keep the lingo out, but but um, promote the tech? Yeah, I, that's a really great point, especially about the terminology and making that more comfortable for, for users coming in. One of the things that you know, we kind of we were brought up, I'm not sure if you heard when we were asking Tiffany about, you know, for yourself, where does the line of a product kind of begin versus like we've just talked about something like oh, just being a feature that I'm adding on. So if someone wants to build something for this hackathon, where do you actually see where it becomes a true product? than just an idea so the really good question um and something we struggle with we're, we're not not struggle with but it's, we're challenged with a lot at near because we are building a lot of things that are meant to be consumed again um and recomposed right so it's not necessarily like we're building apps that users use we're, we're also building things that developers and builders use to create experiences um but yeah, for me and like what like when I think about what the differences between a feature and a product, I mean, like for example, what we're building on FastAuth, uh, which is this quick onboarding flow, there are so many like mini features within that, right? Like we're um, one like cute thing we're doing is like trying to suggest a good uh, near near address for you. So that's like a feature of our product of FastAuth. Um, so I guess when, it, when, when it got, comes from feature to becoming like a true product, it's, it's when 
people uh, can just start consuming it. Like they can go to a URL, they can, they can demo it, they can play around with it, and then they can derive benefit from that. And it's not just, it's in context. It's not just like in a vacuum of, oh, cool, like I created an account. Um, you know, you can do that with a command line. It's, it's uh, what turns it into a product is like, I can create an account that now does this thing like, like, and that's, and, and you guys do a great job promoting this. Like, that's the part we really need to get to, especially with near is we have all this beautiful tech. Everyone who works in it realizes its potential, but we need people to start um, realizing like what those use cases are and how those become products. Man, Jacob, you have a really good way of explaining it to both of you. This is awesome. This is going to be great clips when I edit this up. Um, I think what's so interesting right now is like um, Tiffany, you guys were talking, I heard the, the marketing funnel or the buyer's journey, you know, depending on what level of marketing you're into. But like, I, I think I used to think that like the products in, in web three or on near were the conversion point, but they're not, it's actually getting people to try using web three, which is so interesting because there's, the conversion is trying to use Web3. So you still have like awareness and consideration levels with people. And that's where I think Key Palm is like so interesting to me is because now being able to bring people on to sort of like a crypto or Web3 light, I don't even like to use it that way, but it's still like like getting a wallet, buying an NFT. That's like major steps into the like process for a, a user, I think. And uh, so I'm really into this like top of funnel awareness to get people even like comfortable with like kind of trying the space. And, so. and, and yeah, like once they have stuff, I mean, and that um, that's really just the, that, that's really the nail on the head, Jared, of what like our goals have been the last few months at Pagoda is really um, analyzing how we can make all of this stuff progressive. So especially onboarding, like right out the gate in web three today, you are like, head first into a very unfamiliar super scary like you know get this 12 word phrase tattooed on you scenario yeah and like and like why like we can we can get them there we can get them to understand sovereignty understand ownership of their keys security but like we don't why do we need to start there they could even have the same identity with a fingerprint that's really a, a, a you know a near account across ten apps before they even know like that they have stuff you know they might just be like wow why am I able to log in everywhere with the same name and I have the same assets in all these different apps and like that might be enough to get people interested exactly because you want to prepare people too like like today I was just in Discord someone's wallet got drained I mean things ha- not so much on near that doesn't happen a lot but on other chains and like. It can be scary out there. Not everybody wants to be so crypto native. So I think I'm so fascinated. And like, there's that chart I'm sure we've all seen, sort of that like the the early adopters curve, right? And it's like, you know, there's innovators, early adopters, and then there's the chasm, right? <laughs> and, and we are in that right now before the, what is it, pragmatists and conservatives and skeptics, right? Like before early majority even are here. So being able to sort of get through that chasm and build a bridge oh, i'm getting too strong in my metaphors i'm probably i'm a corporate guy sometimes yeah this is getting very corporate man like yeah. <laughs> i'm getting too corporate 
But I just think that we're in the chasm right now, and I'm excited yeah. to see that people are building to get across that. <laughs> so I'm going to anchor back to our weekly goals, ladder in, and no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> but yeah, sorry to go corporate there. Sometimes it, you know, I've been in I've been in Web two for so long. It's just sometimes it's a comfortable space to talk. Yep. <laughs> Joe, if you want to jump in, uh, uh, Tiffany, you have something you want to oh, say? Uh, I was just trying to like echo what we was talking about. Um, I think one, one interesting way to think about is also like we're, you know, exactly what Jerry was just saying is, you know, we're still in that very early group of people who are in Web3, but our goal at the end of the day is really thinking about all these, like our pie right now is what like, you know, what like number, I, I'm not sure exactly how many people are actually on Web3 right now. Like let's just assume it's like 10 million or 1 million to 10 million, right? 10 million. But our goal is actually get to billions to even like much more, right? There were, we're actually going after the 98%, 95% of the people who are, you know, not aware and not familiar and how are we getting them is, is really the key. And there are a lot of like barriers I would say within the Web3 world and also like you and I think some of there are some of the trends that I'm seeing also before. I think recently, or at least we're at Pagora near, we're really trying to break that. Was there are a lot of you know, there are a lot of like terminologies that we intentionally use trying to even build that gate up just to you know just to I guess like on TikTok for example just to make make you look cool like or you're know, in Web three and I I, I I'm kind of against that um, just you know because we really we really understand what web3 is capable of and we really really want to make this technology you know helpful for all these you know all the all the audience outside and um i really think of even like as, as we talk about like web3 or blockchain overall i really like a quote i saw before it was about you know really like what blockchain and web3 is trying to, uh, what blockchain is trying to revolutionize is the logic or the relationship with the product, like with the entity instead of actually the interface or an experience. Um, so from that perspective is it has to, it, it becomes much more of a backend, how liberating it is in a decentralized way and it's trustless way. But at the same time, how can we not compromise that user experience, right? Like providing all those benefit without threat, uh, without having a lot of like barrier to entry is really like the goal. So yeah, really keep home is doing awesome job and I really love to, you know, pushes to think about that, you know, 98% of the population out there who doesn't have to know about Web3, right? They could start gradually realizing the benefits of the botching, what botching can provide, but at the same time, having all those you know, natural and intuitive experiences. No, that, that, that that's exactly it. I mean, it's really, a, it's an exciting time to be building that stuff because, you know, we are early. So there's a lot of this... I guess, uh, product decisions that we can start to make and hopefully uh, implement that really will shape the direction of some of this stuff. And so uh, that's one of the reasons that we build on here because we think it's so accessible to be able to do that. And we hope other people start to see that as well. Um, before we take some questions, I'd love to just kind of, for Tiffany and Jacob, just kind of uh, get your perspective quickly on... As we go through this and we start to see some projects come in as product people, what is usually then, what would you think would be the next best step for someone after they go through a hackathon? What should be the thought process? Because I think a lot of times people will build something for a hackathon and then just kind of put it aside. But do you have a different perspective on like what we could encourage people to start to do from there? Sure. Um, I do. Yeah. So uh, on that, I wanted to say like one thing that we 
have been promoting a lot lately for, as we build products at Pagoda. So we got we have a really uh, great product leader, Alex Kiyoki, who joined the team a few months ago. But you know, when we started building the fast off thing, um, I was all about parity with like Web two and like, hey, you know, like how do we get this familiar? And he really challenged us to like innovate beyond that even. Like how do we make this sign-in experience even better, make it passwordless, make it um, that kind of thing. So I just wanted to also try and challenge builders to do that. Like don't just try and become at parity with what the Web2 world is. We have a lot of great opportunity here um, with this tech we're working with. Um, yeah, and then um, in addition, like after your hackathon, like one, one thing to think about with your products um, you know, the, you, you only have a short time to come up with an idea to, to build something. Um, a piece of what you did might be something someone else can use. So just like document, I think you guys talked about documentation as a product. Just try and like, even if it's high level, it doesn't have to be super thorough. It doesn't have to be some wiki. Make it super clear what you did, um, the pieces that you built and that you worked on. Because somebody might come across that later, uh, might might see your demo later, or like even see your name on the list of uh, applicants, and want to look at your project, and they might see like one little piece of that that they could use, or they might want to get in touch with you about. Um, so just document what you did, uh, and then don't just stop there. Like if if maybe you you might see synergies with some of the other projects and other hackathons. Connect with people, use it as a sense of community, um, and then, yeah, just connect with other people who might be passionate about the same problems you're trying to solve. Yeah, I completely echo what Jacob was talking about. And, you know, and really, like, I think there there are definitely cases where we did our internal hackathon before, too, with uh, social. And there are a couple of components that our each of our team built were actually used by, you know, a later component or product that, you know, we're, we're building on the other side. And those has been just immersely helpful and, um, and definitely, you know, especially we're building social and alpha right now as this whole composable experience, you know, having, having those is extremely important. Um, I would also want to add that, you know, like, from, from a pro like from building on a hackathon or product perspective, um, there, like, one more thing to think about is also like, where are the, what are the things that, you know, like, it could be not from the business perspective, but also like, how would it make the whole model sustainable and how would it be expendable into some couple of other things? So what I did before also with, you know, during hackathons was I will, I will scope out what's currently, what is currently, you know, in our, in our current map of this particular hackathon context, but I was also start think, having the little space of thinking about what else can I do, right? What else can I plug it in? How else can I use this? What are the things that are, you know, that, could be utilized that don't I don't have time to but I can start you know thinking through and just throwing that brainstorming idea and looking back at okay if that is the case then you know how important that is and start you know prioritizing it back 
but having also like that thinking through about the mid to long-term potential and also, you know, what Jacob was talking about is, you know, pushing beyond what's currently available and thinking about, you know, what could be done. For example, for our, our project right now on, on search and recommendation, we're having conversation about like how are we integrating with ChatGPT or how are we using all these AI you know, technologies that have been so powerful recently, right? And that has also, you know, it's, it's all that we're you know, replicating. We're also innovating on top of Web3, also innovating with the whole technology advanced. Um, and we're really trying to push that edge too. So yeah, those were the things that I will probably add. Um, and one last layer is also, I think uh, what has been interesting is to think about also from the ethics and security perspective, that's very particular for our Web3 products or projects out there. And it's, you know, that that is also part, part of the innovations uh, that could be done and also that's not existing in the Web2 world, right? And that's also really interesting to think about and um, something that, that will be also benefit to, you know, really pushing the whole industry forward. Awesome summary. Yeah, I think that's, I mean, those are great points. I, I think the last part too, we just not talked about enough. And so uh, thank you for bringing up that point as well. Uh, you know, I, I think right now, I mean, it's a small space, um, the first time doing, I guess, a live podcast. Uh, but uh, if anyone does have any questions, please uh, raise your hand to speak. We'll, we'll bring you up. Uh, but I do want to do a couple of housekeeping things here, too. Uh, posted in the, as a pinned tweet and on our timeline uh, is the actual prize breakdown. So we have uh, a lot of good prizes, again, two different categories that, you know, hopefully, again, if you're not actually a developer, you can still participate in this. Uh, we're hoping to see some really great presentations from there. Uh, we're going to continue to do these check-ins uh, as well. Uh, we have a Telegram group that you can jump in at any time and ask questions if you have anything else. If you have actually, especially even a Keepom question, uh, Ben from Keepom is actually in that group. He's happy to answer questions uh, as well. I can help out as too. Uh, I've been building on Keepom for a while now, and so I'm pretty comfortable as well. So please uh, take advantage of that uh, as well. Jared, do you have anything you want to kind of wrap up? I mean, up? maybe not for this, but it's so cool to be able to have some Pagoda people on this because it is. it does seem like, you know, like, what you both just talked about in this space is so relatable and so smart, right? And I think sometimes, like, people I, – I can sometimes get a sense that people are like, what's going on? And it's like, no, the, the people are very aware of what's going on. They're clearly making the things for it. And, you know, just being able to share your your both of yours perspective is, I think, incredibly important. So I think that's cool. Awesome. Um, so thank you very much. Thank you for thank you for inviting us. And I, I would love to add one more one more thing. It's also um, during you know like a lot of my research, thinking about you know search and discoverability. We have actually you know went on interviews with a couple of uh, investor kind of persona we targeted as, and we were, were kind of you know interested about how they would because we're really putting the developer success in our mindset and really think about like, what what does it mean for developers to be successful, right? Like it's getting users, it's also getting funded, it's really scaling your, your project up. And um, so as a result, we really also think, you know, went into talk to a lot of investors and for a lot of investors, like hackathon experience, the project that have been building on and, you know, how ex exposable or composable or how extendable that is, is actually an important part of their evaluation or like the things that they look at. And as a result, we're also thinking through a reputation system 
on alpha as well for the developers to participate and hopefully that can help contribute to you know like getting um getting developers get, get, uh, be more excited about and none of your work will be going to waste right like none of the all of that will be building into a whole you know reputation system about you and you know really like being part of this open web builder um, community and hopefully that's helpful as well for you know thinking about you know, what what's the uh, next step of of hackathon and how how you can think about your project too and you know how how you know how forkable or how like replicable or of your repo or project is also you know, one of the really important metrics we're trying to put together on alpha too so you'll be able to see like you know if your component has been used and you know where it's been used and that and really think that visualization would be helpful too so yeah that's such a great idea because I don't know I I'm I'm, I'm lucky because I'm friends with Joe and Joe's a dev and and seeing how a dev works compared to like someone like me who's like heavy marketing and content Joe's constantly building like things that are like he just the other day was like yeah I built a 90s name generator because he wanted to or or he's like hey I, I'm building this like NFT thing and to be able to like have that be like a reputation over time because like just in like a couple of years Joe's building stuff all the time sorry Joe not to like <laughs> but you're always That's you're okay. always build like you'll fire stuff off in the middle of the night you're like i just built this because i like had an idea and it worked or like i don't know so i think that's really cool with alpha to like become like a reputation thing because then it almost turns into like uh it builds over time the value of someone building on the chain that might not be such a tangible value but can lead to tangible value if that makes sense anyway that's my two cents yeah no totally i think that uh, it's a great point Ready Layer One is provided for educational, informational, and entertainment purposes only, without any express or implied warranty of any kind, including warranties of accuracy, completeness, or fitness for any particular purpose. You should not make any decision, financial investment, trading, or otherwise based on any of the information presented in this podcast without undertaking independent due diligence and consultant and consultation with a professional broker or financial advisory.